What's up, everyone, and welcome to The Corporate Bartender. Hope everyone had a lovely holiday and is getting all prepped up to return to the grind. I'm finally getting caught up on some TCB production, so we're going to do a little time warp here and go back to the beginning of pumpkin spice season. Today's show is a banger. We're digging deep into inspirational leadership. We're talking about unlocking potential and leading with inspired purpose. We have Tony Martinetti on the program today. And if you don't know Tony, well, you know the drill. He's an author, speaker, and the chief inspiration officer of iPurpose Partners. He's a recovering finance guy with 25 plus years in business and is the author of two books, Climbing the Right Mountain and his new book, Campfire Lessons for Leaders, How Uncovering Our Past Can Propel Us Forward. He's also the host of the hit podcast, The Virtual Campfire. This conversation was fantastic, and I think you're all really going to dig it. So buckle up, TC Beers, grab your favorite cocktail, and let's get right on into it with Tony Martinetti on today's TCB. Welcome to Sky Team's The Corporate Bartender, where we gather some of the best HR and people leaders to discuss what's happening on the people side of business. Now pull up a stool, belly up to the bar, and join us for The Corporate Bartender. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday. It's your favorite day and mine. It's Corporate Bartender Day. Today is the 4th of October already. It is officially Ruby's favorite season. It is pumpkin spice season. I watched her buy a pumpkin spiced product yesterday at an on-site, on-client site Starbucks, one of two that they have in their campus. And uh, she was pretty happy. It was in the middle of the afternoon. She was starting to get a little tired. And she got her, her pumpkin spice coffee drink. And yes... The catered lunch included pumpkin tiramisu. Very strange. Ooh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. This this is the 180th time we've convened this group of really awesome people. And today is going to be a fun day. Today we have a guest. He's the guy you don't know. It's Tony Martinetti. Mm-hmm. He is the author of not just one book, but two books. <laughs> He's got another one coming out. We'll talk about that. The book that's out right now is Climbing the Right Mountain, Navigating the Journey to an Inspired Life. So we're going to talk a lot about inspiration today. It's sort of the centerpiece of what's going on in Tony's world. It's the name of his company. It's in his materials. It's in the title of his book. He's all about inspiration. He's got a framework for that. Seven Traits of an Inspiring Leader. We're going to talk about what's in that framework and uh, how I can work that into the keynote I got to give next week in Virginia. So I'm getting uh, I'm getting some free some free coaching here from Tony on inspiration. Um, you guys will not have to look at this anymore after next week or the week after. I don't know whenever the, we're back. Uh, but until then, I'm going to keep asking because we still have not hit that magical 100 reviews on Amazon. And they promise something special happens then. And I just want to know what that is. (laughs) I think they just want me to keep asking for reviews because it drives traffic to their site. (laughs) We've got guests of plenty upcoming on the 18th of October, Lori's birthday and the birthday of you, me, we, why Mm -hmm. we all need a friend at work and how to show up as one. We got Shelly Phillips on the show. 
She's the author of Culture Secrets, Secrets, Leaders Used to Build a Value Culture. And value is an acronym for something that I don't know what it is. I'm looking forward to figuring that out. Tune in um, to find out. I know. Tune in to go. find out. We've got Julian Miravel and Alexander Lyon or Leon. I do not know the correct pronunciation. I need to find that out because they're both joining us on November 1st. They are the authors of Positive Communication for Leaders, Proven Strategies for What? Inspiring Unity and Affecting Change. The one I'm looking forward to here is Neil Rogers on the 15th. Capitalize that. R, Eric, that is poor quality control. He's the author of Bar Tips, Everything I Needed to Know in Sales, I Learned Behind the Bar. I mean, come on. He's an actual bartender. When I got pitched by his PR person, who's actually his son, he's like, have I got a thing for you? <laughs> I have an actual former bartender who wrote a book about everything he learned being a bartender. I'm like, I don't even care what the book's about. Sign him up. Let's do this. So guests of plenty, I've got a few other things cooking. We're already booking into 2024, trying to find interesting things for you guys to gom on to. Today, it's going to be all about inspiration. This is Tony Martinetti. Like I said, he's the guy you don't know. Let's give him a big TCB welcome, shall we? We always dance everybody on, Tony. That's how we work. <laughs> well, Tony, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here with us today. Well, thank you so much. I feel already so welcome into this group. Uh, I feel like I should have a drink in hand or something. Um, uh, you know, it, it's not frowned wait. upon. It's not frowned upon. Here. We can That's... wait if you want to run off. And... <laughs> oh, <it's all> good. <laughs> awesome. Thank you well, so much. Yeah, no, we're so excited uh, to talk about inspiration and inspiring leaders and what all that means. But I always start by asking people a little bit about their history and origin story, because I imagine as a tiny baby child, you didn't say, I hope to grow up to be an expert in inspirational leadership and coach people on how to become that thing. So tell us a little bit about how you got here, how you how you got to the point where you wrote not only one book, but actually jumped back into that pool and did it again <laughs> and uh, found yourself here with us today. Yeah. I love it. And, and, you know, sometimes I do this exercise with clients when I ask them, like, if there is a movie made about your life, what would it be called? And, you know, my, my, my movie would be the misadventures of, of a lost wayfinder. And uh, the reason why I use that <laughs> is because, you know, I'm a wayfinder now, but I was lost for so many years. And, you know, when I think about the child who, who ended up becoming this adult, um, I was an artist. I was someone who was known and celebrated for creating um, worlds on paper and mm -hmm. using paint and, you know, crayons and all the different mediums I could get my hands on. And the teachers who were, knew me as a child were like, man, this guy's going to go on and he's going to do amazing art. And that was like, they knew there was something, something in me that was ready to go. So navigating my early years, I'm like, this is great. And then I thought architecture because architecture was something I'm interested in. Um, but a lot of the adults in high school, they say, hey, you got to find something that's going to make you money uh, because you're going to struggle. Yep. You know, you're going to starve as an, art, uh, as an artist. And of course, I didn't starve. You know, I think the proof is <laughs> the pudding right here. Um, but I um, decided to go pre-med. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense, right? You know, go from art to, to medicine. It's a straight yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went pre-med and um, 
first few years, I was like, okay, this is okay. I'm struggling through chemistry and figuring out what the heck's going on. I realized it's just, this is not gonna, this is not gonna work. Where's my plan B with my plan C really, um, <laughs> decided to switch into business and got a business, um, degree. And so here I am like still feeling a little bit lost. So what the heck I'm going to do with all of this, but I'm so curious and I'm also very open to learning. And so, you know, I got my start working in different industries, worked at, um, at Gillette was one of my earlier, uh, earlier jobs, but eventually found myself in high tech and then eventually landed in biotech and okay. spent a number of years working in what I felt like a nice combination of the sciences, but also the business side of things. And it felt like I'd found my place. Um, but I spent many years there. I mean, over 25 years in total and working in industry, but most of that time being in biotech, people would tell me all the time, they're like, you're not the typical finance person. You're not the typical numbers person. And uh, we were joking earlier about how, you know, not another finance person. You know, like, yes. <laughs> well, I am a finance person. But, um, but the reality is that I, I I had a curiosity even then. I had these things called curiosity conversations where I talk to people and say, what do you do and how do you do it? Because I think I want to find something else. <laughs> I want to find another path and I need to find out how to create a different path out of this. Um, so eventually I um, found myself getting into business development, doing different things like deals and transactions um, with other pharmaceutical companies. Um, and I had a great career. However, there was still something inside of me that was waiting to come out. Um, and it took a long time before I had the courage to actually make the move. And I, and this moment came in this, um, I was sitting in a boardroom at a biotech company and realized that I had spent way too much time doing something that wasn't really for me. Mm. And um, I looked around the room this particular day and I saw the leaders and how they were showing up. And I said, I think I'm done. I think I'm done doing this. Uh, I can't sit around wow. and see leaders wasting their time, you know, wasting our time mm. uh, with their, you know, self-serving um, toxic leadership. And I decided to get up and walk out. Wow. Wow. I said to myself that, I'm going to leave the room to change the room. I don't know how that's going to be. I never, never had a plan of being a coach or I'd never even been coached before. So mm -hmm. I was blindly making this decision that I'm going to do something different. I don't know what it is. I'm going to find a way. And so I walked wow. out and decided at that moment, a new path is going to emerge. Amazing. So yeah. How did that come to be? Like you made the decision because you didn't like the situation that you were in, but you didn't have a plan or you weren't headed somewhere. You were just making the shift. Yes. So you stepped into that new sort of freed up headspace. And what happened next? After I got over the panic and shock of it all. Uh, <laughs> what did I just what do? What did I just do? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, you know, what I did is I started to think about like, you know, what are the things that light me up? What are the things that, you know, give me joy? I had spent so much time working so hard trying to be something that I wasn't even burning myself out in the process that I had lost connection to who I was. Um, and so I had to, I had to start asking myself some hard questions about like, who am I? What do I stand for? And what do I want to be? Um, I kind of had to like reprogram myself from the ground up. 
And, um, and with all that, I also had a great connection and a great network of people who knew me as the finance person. Mm -hmm. And I had to reprogram my image to show up differently. Um, if I was going to go in a different field. So I had met with a coach and as I met with that coach, one of the things that he immediately saw in me, he's like, you would be a great coach. <laughs> it was one of those, like, exactly like I said it, you would be a great coach. <laughs> um, and uh, so there I go. And the first thing I decided to do is become a business coach, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I say that, and there's nothing wrong with business coaching, but it was more about this sense of like, I'm going to coach the business. But I realized that for me, it was about the whole person. And that's where I I eventually found myself connecting to, you know, the holistic view of the person, the leader, and how to ensure that they're showing up as their whole self. And I'm going off on a long tangent. No, it's great. It's good stuff. I mean, I I love the story that that sort of fork in the road moment, the, you know, sort of watershed moment of realization (laughs) I think a lot of people have, we have those, right? We look at it and we watch it go by. Not everybody has the, the gumption to, uh, to step into that space um, and navigate the unknown, right? So yeah. you, 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 you've settled into this, this idea that inspiration is somehow important. You call yourself the chief inspiration officer of your company. Your, your company's called Inspired Purpose Coaching, that word pops uh, in a lot of places in your ecosystem. How did you, how did you get there? What, what is it about inspiration that, that, that hooked you in? Yeah. You know, it, it, I'll, I'll have to give a hat tip to um, the, to Evan Carmichael. Okay. Oh, this is, I've yeah. actually never mentioned this before, but um, ever. It's an exclusive. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, so Evan Carmichael wrote a book called your one word. And I read that book and I was like, there's something about what he's sharing in this book that has me thinking, what is the one word that encapsulates everything about me or things that really make me feel something? Mm-hmm. And when I, when I thought long and hard about it, I mean, inspiration was the thing that came to mind. And maybe it seems a little bit odd to say that, but in reality, the things that I search for are the things that make me come alive. And that's what inspiration is. And when you follow that inspiration, it is something that, you know, leaves you, leaves clues as to what you're supposed to do more of in your life. And so um, that's really what was the, the aha moment is this realization that my life is not only about finding my inspiration and what lights me up, but it's about what lights other people up and helping them to find their spark of inspiration that allows them to connect with a life of purpose and of meaning and fulfillment. So what is it about inspiration that makes it necessary for effective leadership? You know, we work a lot with clients and, and our lens like yours is inspiration. Ours is about relationships at work. Mm -hmm. And I've had CEOs say things to me like, do I really have to be friends with these people? I just want to do my job and go home. (laughs) And we're always like, you can, um, it's not going to be awesome, but you can, um, what is it about inspiration that from your perspective makes it a necessary component of being an effective leader? Yeah, because 
here's here's what makes it necessary is that it's a the necessary part because you can't fake your way through life and you can't fake your way through leadership and so um and if you try for too long eventually that all falls apart and so what is the best way to show up in a true authentic way and i know authenticity is also a word that tends to get overused but the reality is in order for a leader to inspire others to do amazing things in the world, they have to make sure that they're connected to what lights them up, what makes them come alive. If they've lost connection to what makes them want to do the business they're doing, want to show up every day for work, it's going to be hard for them to be able to allow you know that to show up for others. And I've seen a person who leads companies start to lose that spark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to remind them, why did I start? What do I stand for? And maybe it just needs, you just need some time to just kind of like reconnect with your purpose for doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a huge way to show up as a leader because it's not an intuitive thing for people to think about, right? Like I'm a XYZ engineer at this tech company and I have my OKRs and I do my stuff and where's, where is the purpose? What is inspired? Right. And so it, it's not something that people automatically go to. And so if, if you have a leader who sort of emanates that and talks about that and encourages that and asks questions about that, right. There's, there's that waterfall of getting people engaged and, and that's such a huge piece of satisfaction and retention and, you know, loyalty and all all of those things. So, yeah, I love that. It's great. Yeah. And I'll just add one other thing to kind of riff off this is I often talk about ROI. Let's go back to finance for a second here, (laughs) uh, which is uh, for me, ROI is not return on investment any longer. It's return on inspiration. Because when you think about the advantages of using inspiration as a tool that allows you to really amplify your messages to amplify your impact. It's a powerful way to, to make things happen in your life and in other people's lives, because they get to see that, you know, even you see me here, I get excited about talking about this. If you're talking about something you get excited about, that is very transparent to the people around you. So even if you're an engineer who, you know, loves the nuts and bolts of, of, you know, talking about how things work, if you're inspired by that and you realize that's what inspires me, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Then share that. You don't have to be a people person, but just know <laughs> that um, that what inspires you has to be conveyed to other people. Yeah. I, I could hear the air quotes in the people person. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, we were talking in the pre-show and I, I told Tony that I downloaded his framework, the the seven traits of an inspiring leader. And I, I love it. So I want to talk a little bit about that before we get into the books, um, because I love in, there's like a little opening uh, paragraph there where you kind of talk about why this is a thing. And uh, you mentioned Simon Sinek's TED Talk. Yes. And uh, about, you know, leaders who... They, they hold power and authority, but that's not why you follow them. Yeah. Right. You, you follow them because you want to, right. There's something about them that makes you want to. 
So you've done a bunch of work and research in this space and you uncovered seven traits that have one thing in common. What is that one thing they all have in common, Tony? Well, it's a word that you like too. So I know that it's something that we have in common. It's connection. Yeah. Connection is an important part of this. And at the core of everything, connection, leaders need to connect with themselves, their employees, and their world in order to be inspired and to be inspiring. And I think this is one of those things where I'm, I'm going to kind of give you some of the, the behind the scenes here is the sense of when I wrote this, and this goes back a few years, um, I didn't realize that at the core of all the things that I do besides inspiration is connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the one thing that I mo- most wanted in my life is deeper connection with other people. Um, and now it becomes the thing that I also spend a lot of time doing with people is creating deeper connection. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those like gifts, the hidden gifts. Yeah. I yeah. love that. So what are these seven traits that we should be paying attention to that all sort of that, that all sort of align around the concept of connection. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll start with just kind of walking through them just briefly and we'll go into, into great detail. But the first thing I love to share is balance. Um, is this, this sense of balance is so important because uh, when I think about balance, you know, it's knowing that you can't be over the top on any one place. And this is not about work-life balance. And again, I'm air quoting everywhere. I don't know what the next <laughs> I don't typically do that. Um <laughs> But, you know, you can be kind and strong, like compassion and accountability. There's a word that, that's been partnered up a lot lately. Um, but I think it's a great combination. So, but you can't be over the top on one end of the spectrum. You got to find that balance. And I, I often hearken, hearken back to the, to the principles of Buddhism, um, the Eightfold Path, um, which is all about the right view, right thoughts, um, and, you know, right speech and what have you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. probably butcher it. So, <laughs> um, but I think it's really a beautiful concept because this really resonates today. Um, the next thing is trust. I mean, anywhere you turn, you can see that how important trust is as a foundation for, um, for everything we do. And, um, you know, if you can generate trust and make sure that it's reciprocal, it's not just a one-sided sense of trust, then you've got something there. Yeah. I love, I love the cynic reference in the, in the handout. Yes. says trust is like love. Both parties have to feel it before it really exists. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've, you've seen leaders tell you like, Oh, my people trust me. Yeah. And I know that they didn't. (laughs) I'm like, how do you not know this? (laughs) Who are you convincing with that statement? Exactly. It's like self-assurance, right? Right. Um, so we got so, balance and trust, right? Those are those are two key things. Yeah. I love the concept of balance. I love calling that out on its own um, because it's not one that I've seen in a lot of frameworks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, it doesn't directly tie to top line revenue or metric Definitely. performance, right? So, so we're, sorry, go ahead, Laurie. Yeah, the thing when you were speaking of balance, the thing I was was thinking about was just perspective taking. Like, yes, the world is not on fire every minute of every day, and yeah. even when things are busy and there's deadlines and there's stressful relationships and things that aren't going perfectly, that trying trying to still stay in balance and and take perspective of like 
is this really a life or death situation? There's really very <laughs> few of those ever for any of us. <laughs> so how can I respond accordingly? So I, I like that being called out specifically as well, because uh, that also is what emanates from you, right? Um, if I'm running around with my hair on fire, I'm lighting other people on fire. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, and again, this is one of those seeds that was planted the sense of balance. And now I'm um, one of the things that I'm um, championing now and have created as part of the evolving landscape of what I do is I talk about grounded leadership, mm-hmm. which is a sense of being intentional and purposeful in the way you're showing up as a leader mm-hmm. and being the, what I call calm in the chaos. And yeah. I think that that connects with balance, knowing yeah. that you know, difficult things are going to happen to us. Mm-hmm. But if we're we're at a place where we know how to show up in that moment and not create an environment where everyone feels this absolute tension mm-hmm. or a reactive state, mm-hmm. then we're doing good as a leader. We're doing a we're creating an environment where people can feel calm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that you said calm. I mean, I think I've told every leader that I've ever t- coached, um, when an executive opens their mouth. They create always two things. They create truth and they create work. <laughs> so depending on your frame of reference or state of mind, um, think about the kind of truth and work that you're creating when mm-hmm. your hair's on fire or, or mm-hmm. you're not showing up at your best. Yeah. So balance and trust, where do we go from there? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll try and go quicker through this because I know you're like, my gosh, the guy keeps on talking. It's fine. Um, I, I'm just waiting for the know. next air quote. it got me all excited i haven't even had a drink yet um (laughs) so (laughs) um presence is the next one which i think is really important to think about what is my presence how am i showing up for other people um it's not about being perfect it's about making sure that you're you know keeping your composure in the moment and and showing people who you really are leading by example yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Listen. Yeah. The next one is listening, which um, we often think we're listening, but you know, we know that hearing is not listening and we have to be very intentional with our listening. So this sense of, of really leaning in and, and really practicing listening on a deeper level mm-hmm. and also making sure we're reflecting back what we hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that one a little bit later. Ru- Ruby talks about the concept of deep presence all the time when you're trying to get into that listening mindset, mm. not, not just the, you know, the corporate waiting for your turn to talk type of listening. There's my air quotes. Boom. So after listening, where do we go? You guys got to turn that into a drinking game, you know, like you. <laughs> when you not watch bad. this episode, you have to take a drink every time one of us air quotes. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, the next one is gratitude. Um, you know, understanding the importance of gratitude. You know, inspiring leaders know that, you know, the little gestures make a big difference. And also making sure that you're, you know, expressing it in a way that is authentic, not just like, well, that was great. Um, but you know, saying like, I really like what you did yesterday in the meeting and it made a big impact on how we're moving forward this project. You know, the real deeper sense of how you're showing that appreciation and it doesn't have to be monetary. Gratitude does not have money involved. Mm-hmm. It always has to do is it's just showing people that you see them, you hear them and you feel their presence mm-hmm. in this team. I love that. Okay. That's five. Yep. No. 
It's a marathon. Uh, <laughs> Maybe next time it's next three trades. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to narrow it down. I'm going to get rid of this thing. I'm going to make it you know, less. Um, kidding. So next one is vision. Um, <laughs> inspiring leaders. <laughs> inspiring leaders have a clear vision. Um, you know, I often think that the most beautiful vision that I've ever experienced is Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a speech that really embodies so much that people can latch onto and they can see into that vision. Mm-hmm. And it really empowers people to say, I want part of that. I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to paint a picture with your words and your actions. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about the words. It's about what are you going to do to actually make that vision come alive? Mm-hmm. Um, so a vision is a very important part of it. Love and, that. Yeah, the last one is communicate communication, which is really the reinforcing piece of this. You know, making sure that you're um, you're inspiring people through the words that you're sharing, and you're doing it with you know being having some integrity in your words. I use this content, the concept of being impeccable with your word, mm-hmm. which is coming from Don Don Miguel Ruiz um, in the the Four Agreements. But I love that sentiment, the sense of like my word is my bond and it means a lot to me. And when I share with you this thing, I want to make sure you understand that I really, I mean it. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be a hundred percent transparent all the time because sometimes transparency gets you in trouble and you have to know what is, what can be shared and what can't be shared, but it doesn't mean you need to lie. It just means you have to be filtered just the right way. Yeah. I can talk more about that, but I love that. I, and you just won Ruby over. That's one of her favorite books of all time. The four agreements. Okay. She quotes it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those folks that are driving or on the go, those seven traits are balance, trust, presence, listening, gratitude, vision, and communication. Seven traits for seven. inspiring leaders. I love the framework. Like I said, I love the fact that it starts with balance. Um, in you talking about them, you said a lot of the words that are in our framework, uh, the five practices of the ally mindset, right? <laughs> it starts with abundance and generosity, connection and compassion, right? Those those are big things. That's the foundational element of, of our model. Mm-hmm. And, and I love it. So when I hear other practitioners using similar stuff, just like when people download your things, you're like, hey, it's working. It's real. (laughs) I'm on to something. I don't know. So in addition to authoring books, you have another way that you sort of share inspiration with the world. Tell us a little bit about about the campfire. What's going on over at the campfire, Tony? Yeah, um, it's actually one of those things where I never thought I would ever be hosting a podcast. Um, And yet, here I am showing up on podcasts, but also hosting my own little podcast called The Virtual Campfire. Started that in 20, 2020. Um, as a, it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, I want to bring people together to share stories of transformation. And originally, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be a podcast. It was going to be a, um, an event where people come together. Mm. But you know, 2020 changed happened. that. <laughs> yeah. And so I decided, oh, I'll give this podcast thing a try. And uh 200 plus episodes later, um, I'm still doing it and having a ball. I mean, I just love the journey. The concept behind it is 
campfires have always been meaningful to me, but obviously campfires are where stories have been told throughout mm-hmm. time. And particularly for this podcast, the thought was that I wanted people to come on and share the journey that got them to where they're making an impact in the world and realizing that for people who are listening, you know, you're on a journey too. And you hear stories about people who are knocking it out of the park or doing amazing things. There's a, there's flashpoints, as I call them, the points that light you up, that reveal your gifts, that get you there. And it's almost like a blueprint or, you know, a way to relate with their stories to see how you can overcome your own challenges. And I've had uh, authors, coaches, leaders, business leaders, artists, um, you know, pretty much everything under the sun. Um, and it has been really remarkable because there has been a few key lessons that I pulled from the guests that I've now turned into my next book. So. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I want to hear about that, but you've got a book out there right now and mm-hmm. we should talk about that, right? That's called Climbing the Right Mountain, Navigating the Journey to, here it is again, an inspired life. So what is that book all about? Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I've always loved the mountains. I've climbed quite a few in my day, um, but it's not just a book about climbing mountains. It is a book that is really, you know, making this this connection to the fact that we often find ourselves, you know, getting to this top of this mountain and struggling to get there, sacrificing a lot, and maybe not liking the view when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, this was my experience, but it's also been um, reflected through a lot of the conversations I had with clients throughout the years and realized that it would be great to put this into writing so people could benefit from some of the ideas that, um, that I had about this. Um, and you know, the crux of all this is that we need to define success on our own terms. Oftentimes we get into this, this path and we feel like we have to be something based on what society tells us success looks like. Mm -hmm. And so getting on the right mountain, it's not about an easy path because growth is not easy, but it's about finding that path that is really right for me based on who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's because um, I've heard a lot of those those stories as well, right? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes in in my role, I'm sometimes asking that question, right? Using your words, are you on the right mountain here? Because you seem miserable, <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes, right, it's about the right particular career path or something like that. But, but other times it's about, have you established the boundaries of, of your existence as a whole person so that you're living your values, you are, you know, establishing things that are important to you, things you're willing to do and not do that, you know, in your core and you put them out there and people can respond to that. And if, if you have boundaries that people disrespect, then you have a choice point. If you have boundaries that people respect, you've really improved your situation here, right? And so I feel like that's kind of a tangent to, are you on the right mountain? It's also like, do you know who you are, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. It creates mm-hmm. a protection. You know, like you you just did this, this. that actually <laughs> makes a lot of sense because in some ways you have to be able to have that inner, the self-leadership to be able to know, I know who I am. I know what narrative I'm creating about who I am mm-hmm. and all these things now create like almost a protective barrier mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. around what the outside world is going to do to me or mm-hmm. how it's going to create an impact on me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we don't have bad days and things don't, you know, life it can be really challenging, but at least you have the fortitude to be able to say, I know what I stand for. Right. I know who I am. And I'm showing up this way because I got clarity about all those things that are important to me. Yeah. And I think it, it builds resilience, right? So when the, when the arrows are coming, a lot of them can bounce right back off right? Like I don't have to take that in and carry it around like a sweater. Yes, (laughs) I, I can, you know, I can move past that, move on and not, not let that, you know, weigh me down, so to speak. I think that's why that starting principle around, around balance resonated so much. And, and, you know, that I kind of think of it in that way, like, I'm good because I know what I stand for, who I am, where, what my intentions are, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and just to say like about the book in general, there's a bunch of guideposts in there to help people navigate through their own journey and it's relatively short. So it's not like a, a, a massive <laughs> book. Um, uh, it, and I've actually felt like that was a big selling point for people because I don't know how many books I've started and read and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm never going to get through this. This is too much. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we all have the proverbial stack on the nightstand, right? Exactly. That's great. But I think there was a lot of, there's a lot of great points in it that just uh, drives it home. And, and, you know, obviously you can go deeper um, if you want, but yeah. Yeah. So the, the show, the virtual campfire is all about transformational stories, which by their nature are pretty darn inspiring. Um, so obviously you heard enough good stories that you said, Hey, I'm going to do another book because books are fun. They're <laughs> cheap. They don't take much time, right? <laughs> of course. Publishing industry isn't a racket at all. Um, so despite that being what it is, you said, I'm going to do another book. So tell us, tell us about this next book. What's it called? When's it coming out? And what's it all about? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just respond to, first of all, your comment. My first book was a self-published book. And this book is the first experience with working with the publishing house. And, uh, and I will say that I was, I I felt like the book had to happen. It wasn't like an option for me. I just Mm -hmm. had this this calling that like all these things had to be put out there. I had too many great stories and too many great ideas that um, I, I sound weird saying this, but I just felt like I had to put that into a book. Yeah. And not weird it. at all, man. Yeah. Not, yeah. not weird at all. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And it, it came together, I think about 10 months of writing to get that book done. Um, and yeah, it's done. It's a, it's going to be published um, either either December of this year or early next year. And it's called Campfire Lessons for Leaders, How to Use Your Past to Propel You Forward. Mm. And what I've done is, you know, just to give you a concept of what, it, what it's all about is this trying to get people to connect with this idea of how to, um, to see the different lessons as a way to, to, to transform your own life um, and look at your own story um, and the way we're doing that is through these uh, 10 lessons that we've uh, got in the book. I had to make sure I do a double count. I'm like, how many lessons is it? 
<laughs> oh, trust me. I'm like, Ruby and I have this conversation all the time. What did we say in the book? I, I know we wrote it, but it was a long time ago now. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, but no, 10 lessons um, and then uh, backed up with these amazing stories of people who have navigated some challenging periods in their lives. In in one particular chapter I'll just share is like, um, you know, out of darkness comes comes light. Um, there's a story of a, of a woman who I interviewed who she had a son who was you know, suicidal and she navigated some dark times with him and she found herself on the verge of saying like, if, if, if I lose him, I have nothing to live for. And it was very, you know, not to bring you guys down, but she was ended up in a psych ward. Mm-hmm. In fact, she went from being an iron woman, iron, they call her iron Annie <laughs> from iron Annie to psych ward Annie. Mm-hmm. And, um, she lived through it and turned her life into um, a, a life that it's all about, you know, raising awareness and making sure that people know that there's they're not alone and raising money for for um, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just love that story because here you have this darkness that got transformed into a platform for making a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. say the full title of the book again for us, Campfire Lessons for Leaders. What's the tag? Um, how to use your past to propel you forward. Mm-hmm. How to use your past to propel you forward. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to give a little bit of time for some questions before we move into our end of show ritual. <laughs> uh, and Tony, when we get to that, you're welcome to stick around. We share funny things, um, things that have caught my attention on the interwebs that made me laugh. We share a good feel story and uh, we have what we call a, our semi-quarantine cocktail, which is just a silly thing that we made up during the pandemic and we are just keeping that dream alive. So <laughs> with that, I'm going to unpin these, these pins here and I am going to open it up to questions because like I always say, smoke comes out of Ruby's ears every time we have a guest <laughs> and I know she is going to say something that you said, Tony, in a workshop in the next coming weeks. So questions awesome. for Tony. Bring it on. Hey, Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> Don't let me down. Don't let me down. <laughs> Ruby, oh, I, you're I, muted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always go. So I wanted to know what Mark and Leah had to say. I do have a question though. You go first. All right, my dog's been freaking out. So if you didn't see me trying to <laughs> leave her in, couldn't hear you over the barking. She got very excited. <laughs> Whoops. I've got well, two dogs have... here, so I was lucky not to have them show up uh, uh, on video. <laughs> yeah, she's not quiet. So I was <laughs> like, what are they saying? Please stop. <laughs> I I have a question. You can jump in. Um, So when you're coaching people and you're talking to them about trying to, you know, uncover these things or or start to practice these things, what are, what are your, what's the toolbox for making these shifts? Like, what is it that you encourage people to do? Or how do you, how do you encourage them to go beyond the intellectual exercise of, in the conversation, you can think of things, but how do you start behaving differently? How do you make that leap? Yeah. And there's, there's two things come to mind, but I'm going to share 
the the first one I think is uh, is the probably the easiest one to work with. So first of all, um, I I do what I call the time traveling model, um, and the time traveling model is really about you know going back and looking at before as they show up. I want them to to go back and look at the past and really think about well what got you here? What's the what are the things that brought you to doing the work you're doing and, you know, really celebrating the, um, the elements of, you know, what got you excited in the first place? Cause maybe you lost your spark to getting here along the way because something's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that back to understand the journey and then the future. So we are going to time travel into the future and say, well, what is it that would make your life in the future come, you know, be something that you would really get excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would talk about that. And a lot of times people are like, I have no idea, like, and mm-hmm. in, in here's what I can't do. And this is why I can't do it. And, but I'm like, mm-hmm. let's do a little dreaming here for a moment here. Let's get out of the box, um, get them connected to that. Mm-hmm. And then bring them back to the present and talk about how can we take um, the step-by-step process of getting there. And if they struggle a lot, um, I'm going to use the other model, which I use, uh, it's called expand your vision, narrow your focus and expand your vision. It's about getting people to expand beyond what they're currently seeing. And oftentimes we get stuck in this myopic view of mm-hmm. all I can see is this wall. And I need to be able to see a bigger view of the world. Like what are the things to the left and the right that I haven't thought about, or what are some options? Maybe even do a mind map. And once they get some ideas, then I want them to narrow down and realize I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I can only do one thing right now to and test it out. So that narrow focus allows us to step into action. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. great. All right, Mark, you typed your question into chat, but we need to hear it for people that are listening because they can't read what you wrote. So what is your question, Mr. Russell? <laughs> So, Tony, uh, thank you very much for taking so much time with us today. But my question is really, are you seeing one or two traits that most managers and, you know, leaders commonly are lacking right now? Hmm. (laughs) It's probably the one one thing that I lack, too, which is um, (laughs) a lot of patience. Um, There's a lot of impatience. And not and not tolerating, you know, a lot of things these days. And I think we need to slow down a bit more, mm-hmm. and and really allow ourselves to experience what's happening, and um, and also be in tune to why is this happening in this moment. And so that that's the first one: the patience and tolerance. I'll put them together. Um, and the other part of this is this feeling of not understanding their people or not understanding you know, what people's needs are. And with that, I often say, have you asked them what they want? <laughs> what? Well, seems obvious, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, there seems to be this, this disconnect, especially of the generation. I've heard this a lot. I don't understand this new generation. I'm like, well, you know, they're people. And <laughs> if you have a good conversation with them, maybe you can find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that the, the whole go slow to go fast, um, concept was something that came to the fore for Ruby and I this week. We were working with a leadership team. It was about 10, 11 people big. Um, in disc parlance, the the team was about 52% Ds. Yeah. So huge bias toward action, not a whole lot of patience, 
not a whole lot of let's wait to see how that plays out before we make another decision that falls in line. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, getting them just to take a breath, Mm -hmm. right, was a big deal. I mean, eventually they got it conceptually. We'll see how it plays out when they get back to the real, you know, the real world. There's more air quotes for you. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. But Ruby, you got a question Mm -hmm. about self-care. What's your question? So it's kind of a leading question, but (laughs) (laughs) I think about self-care quite a bit for myself, for my clients. And there's always um, an element of it in almost every coaching client that I work with, not led by me, (laughs) not led by the witness. (laughs) Um, And so I was curious, um, how do you connect this idea of self-care and inspirational leadership? What's the connection? Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it from this place of we talked about self leadership for a moment there and how mm-hmm. self leadership and finding your inspiration, you can't be inspired if you're constantly feeling burnt out, right? Yeah. And you can't lead others if you're not leading yourself. So um, whenever I talk about self leadership, I'm always thinking it's self care is part of self leadership. Mm-hmm. If you're not leading yourself, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not able to, to lead others. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost one of those things where we feel as though, oh, we can't take care of ourselves because we don't have time. We don't have the resources. It's just not enough hours in the day, but we need to flip the script and say, no, this is the most important thing. In fact, if we don't do this first, Mm -hmm. then we're not going to be able to, to maintain our sense of inspiration or Mm -hmm. our sense of, connection to other people yeah. or to our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That reminds me of work that s- several of us have done around s- sort of the, the, the wellsprings of energy, right? That there's mm-hmm. time is a finite thing. We all get the same allotment, but energy is a, is a renewable thing. And yeah. so being intentional about what, a, what bucket do I need to refill? Right. Is it, Oh, see, there you go. I love it. <laughs> Your energy Your is energy infinite. Is infinite. Right? And so getting getting really clear about where am I drained? Am I am I drained physically? Am I drained mentally? Mm-hmm. Am I drained emotionally? Or am I drained spiritually? And if yeah. I'm drained in all of them, right, stop the bus. So yeah. we, gotta, we gotta we gotta do something about it. But really recognizing that introspection of what lights me up in any of those spaces. And then making a plan, right? That's always the secret sauce. I can think about it all day long. I have to do something and giving yourself permission to say, I have to take a walk in the middle of the day. It's mm-hmm. it's the thing that is going to make it or break it for me. And then be protective of that or whatever it is, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We do have to protect those things that are sacred. It's a sacred mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, this is uh, somewhat related to this business. I'll, I'll mention it because I think it's important is that um, one of my favorite coaching questions is what are you tolerating that you shouldn't? Yeah. And, and with that is often we're just tolerating things that we think we should be doing or we should be having in our, in our life. Well, we shouldn't tolerate giving up on ourselves. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, those, those, sacred things. Um, we talked about it when Jeff Eshelman, Eshelman was here. We talked about Zen days. Neil Pazricha mm-hmm. talks about untouchable days. 
um, carving out that time and making it a priority for yourself, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a Zen day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It is on the calendar. I have no meetings. Um, I may choose I'm gonna to take work. his computer. No. <laughs> I may choose to work a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I planned it that way because I knew I was coming back after being on the road for a long stretch and mm-hmm. I needed the recharge time. If I just keep doing it, I'm just going to run out of gas. And and I know myself well enough to know that that's a, that's a true thing. Mm-hmm. So keep those things sacred. All right. His name is Tony Martinetti. He is the host of the virtual campfire, which is a cool podcast that you should all go check out. I assume you can get that everywhere. Podcasts are gotten. Excellent. Excellent. He's got a book out called Climbing the Right Mountain, Navigating the Journey to an Inspired Life, and a new book, Campfire Lessons for Leaders. Tagline? Um, Using your past to propel you forward. Uh, I didn't want to say it wrong. So, Tony, where can people find you if they want to learn more? The best place is at my website, and the website is iPurpose.com partners.com. And the reason why is I just changed my name from inspired purpose coaching to inspired purpose partners, because I do a lot more than just coach. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> right. And, and there's people. So I yes. love it. You're partnering yes. with people. Tony, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I look forward to having a part two after the new book comes out and we get a chance to read that. And uh, hey, maybe maybe Lori and I will show up over there on the virtual campfire someday. Absolutely. It's going to happen. All right. Let's do our funny things, good feels, and silly cocktail. Tony, you're welcome to hang out. But if you have commitments, you are free to go and you will offend no one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick around for a little bit. All right. Funny things. Here we go. Funny thing number one. Remember when you could just wake up and say, Mom... I threw up and that one phrase would erase every single responsibility for the day. I I need this in adult form. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, This one made me laugh because I say stupid things like this all the time. Lost my job at Red Lobster for saying crabsolutely too much. (laughs) So funny. Uh, yes, it is dad joke heaven over here sometimes. Um, this is from the news about that F-35 military fighter that went missing. Losing an F-35 because the pilot put it on autopilot before ejecting and then not being able to track it because it's too good of a stealth fighter is probably the funniest possible fuck up in modern military <laughs> history. <laughs> They put out social media posts basically saying, if you see this jet, let us know. (laughs) Uh, Because football is here and we all love some football. This one made me laugh because I am also a nerd. Sauron in Return of the King. This is Jamar Chase from the Bengals. He said, I'm just frustrated because we called their ass elves and we just lost to some elves. (laughs) Talking about the loss to the Browns. (laughs) Uh, the penultimate funny thing for the day the streets of Lavira, portugal were flooded with red wine after a a distillery's 2.2 million liter tank burst the quote is there is a group of white middle-aged suburban moms out there that would drink this clean in 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) which leads me to 
The last funny thing today, this is a post from a truck stop, and this is their mascot, Piss Jug Man. Oh, God. Piss Jug Man is here until 6 p.m. today to teach truckers proper pee disposal. Jug Man is pissed at all the jugs he's found laying in the parking lot. You're in trouble if you don't dispose properly. But my favorite part is kids can get their picture taken with Piss Jug Man for only $5 from 4 to 6 today. That is a world in which we live, ladies and gentlemen. This is a thing. What? This is a thing that happened in a place that has oxygen. (laughs) And I have a rough idea of where it happened. (laughs) Right. I'm wondering where in the South this place is. Right. Long I 70, and it's not in Colorado. So yeah, there you go. Piss jug, man. Let's uh let's let's swing the pendulum the other way and go with our good feel story of the day, shall we? Finally, tonight, CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with an important lesson about the past and the healing power of time. Never mind the limousine, marching band, and red carpet. What amazes 75-year-old Marvin Jones the most Hi. is that he's back at his old high school, period. Because when I left Brunswick High School in 1966, I said I would never return. It was a different time. Schools across the South were desegregating, including Brunswick High in Lawrenceville, Virginia, where it fell to Marvin and these 14 other kids Mm. to take that first painful step. On the bus, the students would bring KKK flyers. And when I would come down the hall, they'll close their nose and say, here comes a skunk, okay? I felt as if I had leprosy. Even decades later, those memories haunted. So to heal, Marvin decided to put pen to paper, writing letters to the very students who tormented him. What did you say in the letters? I would tell what each person had done to me. Marvin wrote about 90 such letters to former classmates pouring out his pain whether people wanted to hear it or not, and most didn't. But one of the letters he mailed struck a different tone, and that letter was very well received. That is he. The recipient was Paul Fleshed. Marvin says Paul was one of the few students who never bullied him or said an unkind word. Really touched me. Marvin wrote, There were many days that I wanted to scrack up a conversation with you and that I perceived you as one of the students I could have been friends. Did you get a sense that he was trying to open a door? Absolutely. And when you saw that, what did you think? I thought, well, I'm going to go through that door. Mm -hmm. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Marvin and Paul became close friends. Good to see you. you. (laughs) And that friendship eventually led to this. We acknowledge Last week, Paul and other leaders in the community hosted a ceremony honoring the Brunswick 15, those 15 brave children who were once treated like untouchables, now embraced with open arms. It means a lot. It means that we have overcome a lot. Marvin used to say he never had one good day at Brunswick High School, but almost 60 years later, looks like maybe, he finally has. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Lawrenceville, Virginia. 
We've been talking about inspiration, and I always take a little bit of inspiration from those stories. Mm -hmm. Today's semi-quarantine cocktail, I'm sticking with the weird animal lane here. This is called Emotionally Green. It's a riff on the Green Gator cocktail. Uh, It takes a little bit of Midori and one Phillies baseball game. Playoffs started yesterday, and Ruby had to sit with me in the bar and watch two baseball games yesterday because October baseball is one of my favorite things. (laughs) You need a little coconut rum and one not wholly inclusive service animal policy (laughs) and some pineapple juice. Dude brought his emotional support gator named Wally, obviously, to a Phillies home game. And there's no garnish here because this trash can cocktail is something that you would get at the Theta Chi house. Um, (laughs) The gator didn't get in, but his owner says that he helps him battle depression. And there's actually a whole article, another article about this guy and his gator. He wasn't gaming the system. He uses it as such. He says the gator likes to give hugs. And there's a video of him hugging his emotional support gator wow. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what is what is happening in this world i'm yeah. just like and that was in philadelphia yeah that was in philly mm-hmm. like florida you didn't you said i immediately florida. thought florida yeah <laughs> i thought where does he live does he have a tank does he live in the tub he's not a small gator <laughs> and i mean they remove his teeth <laughs> <laughs> that's cool Uh, or an alligator well another one of tony's words is gratitude and i'm grateful for each and every one of you thank you for being here today with us tony thanks to everybody else we will see you you on the whatever the next date is the 18th of october (laughs) i think is our next date and uh, we'll have a guest then too until then take care everybody have good dinner we'll see you soon Thank you so much for joining us today. If you had a good time and learned a thing or two at today's happy hour, please share it with your friends. If you want to join our tribe, head on over to skyteam.cloud forward slash TCB or email us at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again. And remember, you've always got friends at the Corporate Bartender.